We're back with On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. It's been about 10 months since Governor Brian Kemp took office with a pledge to lift up rural Georgia. But after visiting all 159 counties, I can tell you this. We have so much in common. And as governor, I will fight for all Georgians, not just the ones that voted for me. Now he's launched a rural strike team designed to boost economic development across the state and has embarked on a Georgia-made tour to highlight local companies and their successes. Governor Kemp made one of those stops in southeast Georgia earlier this week for a ribbon-cutting at a chicken processing facility. He told GPB reporter Stephen Fowler that one of his top priorities is telling rural Georgia's story. Well, one of the things that we felt like for a long time is we weren't promoting um, the rest of the state, if you will. There's just so many great things going on outside of our metro areas, and not just only Atlanta, but you think, you know, Augusta proper, Savannah, a lot of focus with the ports, Gulf Stream, tourism, a lot of other great things going on there. But we don't really talk about, like, this great project that we celebrated today here at Claxton Poultry. We're sitting in the cafeteria of Claxton Poultry's new facility in Sylvania, midway between Augusta and Savannah, about three and a half hours outside of Atlanta. Earlier in the afternoon, the governor and First Lady Marty Kemp toured the frigid chicken deboning facility as part of his Georgia-made tour. Michael Fries is president of Claxton Poultry, whose main operation is a couple counties over. This facility opened up in June with 75 employees on one shift. And now... But uh, we're proud to say now we have 187 full-time employees here. That's two processing shifts. That type of growth is emblematic of the places Kemp is stopping at while crisscrossing the state on his tour. But we're a big state, and we have great Georgia-made companies and Georgia-made products in all parts of our state. And that's really what we're trying to highlight. In his remarks to a crowd of 100 or so gathered, the governor said the business world is constantly looking for development and rural Georgia is the place to watch. Uh, and it's my job as the top salesperson, if you will, uh, to be promoting our state in this area and facilities just like this to supply the world. And we can do it, and we have done it, and we're going to continue to do it. Later, Kemp elaborates on this idea of governor as salesman. After joking about the amount of Chick-fil-A his family eats as evidence, he says he truly does believe in all of the different Georgia industries he promotes. You know, we're making a lot of great Georgia-made products. Um, we're feeding the world. We're, you know, supplying manufacturers. We're supplying cars, you know, aerospace. I mean, technology, you name it, we're doing it in the state, biopharmaceuticals. And we just need to highlight that more because it's, it's not only important for our citizens to know that, it's important for the rest of the country and the world to know that as we continue to compete with others. That can be difficult for a region that has seen population decline, increases in poverty and unemployment levels, and industries that have taken a hit through natural disasters or trade uncertainty. We, we focus on the negative things that have been happening in rural Georgia. It's a tough farm economy right now, but rural Georgia helped us get through the recession in our state because the ag economy was so good. So it's in a, it's in a tough cycle right now, uh, but we got to continue to focus to promote the good things that are happening in rural Georgia and focus on the positive and things that we can change to make it better. Kemp says promoting the good things, no matter how small, can have a ripple effect for places that are more than a stone's throw away from a major city. And I know 
you know, how hard it is for those things to succeed, but also know how great it is for those local communities when they can land one. Even if it's just 10 jobs or, or 20 jobs, that's a big deal for a small town. So we've got to focus on the positive things. But there are also tangible steps the governor wants to take to move from talking about rural Georgia to doing something. The legislature has passed some relief, like a plan allowing electric membership cooperatives to sell Internet access. But other infrastructure issues have stalled or require more work and capital from public and private partners. Enter the Rural Strike Team, something Kemp says will work to recruit companies to build mega job sites in places like the facility in Sylvania. So that we can really have projects of regional significance, see what the infrastructure needs are, figure out if there's something lacking, how do we get that there, have the resources of the state to help market the site, and also train the, train the local people to be able to, to help us on the ground, be able to market and continue to move our state forward. The Claxton Poultry Facility provides almost 200 jobs to Screven County, where the median household income is about $37,000 and has one of the higher unemployment rates in the state. It took time and money to create those jobs, and the governor says the same principles will apply to jobs created by the state. What is everybody doing? Why are they doing it? Where is it headed? And then is it covering all the gaps that we have in rural Georgia, like broadband, like you know, roads, like bridges, like you know, rail spurs, whatever the need may be? But we've got to have a targeted approach to that. You know, it's, it's very expensive to do these things. You can't do them in one year. And that's really where our approach is going to be targeted to the communities that want to uh, help us in that regard and, and come together and work with us and be part of that team. And, we, you know, we're, we're off to a great start. So if it will take time and money to build industry in rural Georgia, why is Kemp asking for budget cuts? In August, the governor asked state agencies to expect 4% less money for the rest of this fiscal year and submit proposals to cut 6% from their budgets in next fiscal year, including agencies and programs directed towards rural parts of the state. I come from kind of a unique background being governor. I served in an executive branch agency during the recession. You know, we had to cut our budget around 20% at one time, I and mean, it was brutal. We were, you know, you know, they always take a, a surgical knife, which is kind of what we're doing now, but I mean, we were, we were literally taking the chainsaws in, you know, back then and just whacking things off, which is not ideal. That's why I feel like while the economy's good um, and we have great priorities in our state, but to fund those priorities in the future, we cannot continue to spend at the level we're spending. Some departments say the only way they can do that is by slashing jobs and by stretching resources to be able to provide services Georgians need. But that's not what Kemp wants this process to be. And that's what we're trying to get the agencies to do, not just go lay off a bunch of people, uh, but to really change their spending habits and how they look at technology and making government more efficient. That's what I had to do in my private sector business. That's what our families are having to do. And that will then allow us to prioritize uh, what we want to pay for in state government, like the infrastructure you mentioned, you know, the teacher pay raises. I mean, rural communities are losing 44% of their teachers within the first five years. Well, if we don't have good teachers, we're not going to have an educated workforce, and it makes it very difficult for folk, uh, companies like Claxton Poultry to hire the people that they need, really at all levels of the organization when you go through and, you know, see some of the technology that's in those plants when you think about having to maintain those or run those machines.
He says it's supposed to be an exercise in cutting out wasteful spending and better using technology to get the state's work done. You know, I, I would tell people it's not just cutting spending. We're trying to make government more efficient so we can fund our priorities. So if, if any department, whether it's ag or anybody else, can cut spending and be more efficient, then we can use that money to fund our priorities, like I talked about earlier, infrastructure, you know, fund you know, this work that we're going to be doing on the rural strike team. It's, it's all about funding your priorities. It's not about just, you know, cutting government money. I mean, we want government to be more efficient. That's what I ran on. I told people that I would do that. And, uh, you know, our, our budget numbers, we've had an incredible economy the last six or seven years. You know, those revenues are unprecedented, and we've been spending to those levels as well. Well, if they slow down, then we got two choices. We can deficit spend, which we can't do in Georgia because we have a balanced budget amendment, or we can make government more efficient so we can continue to fund our priorities like the teacher pay raises, like you know economic development, like keeping your family safe by going after street gangs and, uh, and focusing on rural Georgia, and that's what we're going to do. Another area that needs help is rural health care. This year, lawmakers passed the Patients First Act that is allowing the state to seek exemptions from the Affordable Care Act and Medicaid to give health care coverage to more Georgians. Obviously, the waivers, that was my signature piece of legislation, the Patients First Act, and we're working right now with the administration in Washington to get waivers to the Affordable Care Act and to the Medicaid program uh, so that we can lower private sector insurance rates on the, on the Affordable Care Act side of things because it's simply unaffordable, and Georgians know that. And there's some things that we can do there, and we're very excited about that. Also make health care more accessible so that people have access to it no matter what their zip code is. On the Medicaid side, it's just a, you know an inefficient program. We've left private sector ingenuity at times, and we've got to modernize it, make it more efficient, and get a better bang for our buck. So that's kind of what we're doing on the waiver side. But we pass bills on transparency, on telemedicine, which will help people in rural Georgia. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that we're, that we're working through since the bill passed now. Uh, also, we put a lot of money in the budget, you know, talking about funding our priorities to get more doctors in rural Georgia. That's one of the biggest issues that we have. We just do not have enough health care providers and doctors in rural parts of our state. Kemp cites programs at Mercer University, the Morehouse School of Medicine, and the University of Georgia as examples of ways the state can bridge the health care gap but the Morehouse program dealing with maternal health care stands to lose half a million dollars in state funding under the cuts. While Governor Kemp is working on the state budget and health care and making these Georgia-made tour stops, Washington is on his mind as well. Senator Johnny Isaacson will resign from office at the end of 2019 due to health concerns, and Kemp will have to appoint his replacement. That replacement will appear on the ballot next year in a special election with huge implications for the next several years in national politics. Well, it's, a, it's an opportunity I wish I didn't have. You know, Senator Isaacson's a great American, a great Georgian. I've known him and his family a very long time. He served with uh, my wife Marty's father in, in the State House way back in the mid-70s and up through the early part of the 80s, I believe it was. You know, we gotta we got to send somebody to Washington, D.C. that's going to fight for all Georgians. And that's really my number one priority is getting someone that can go up there and fight hard for us. It's a really tough environment in Washington, D.C. These, these days it's a lot different, I think, than it's ever been in some ways. 
and we got to have a fighter that's going to really fight hard for our state every day. And that's probably my, you know, my biggest priority right now, making sure that I'm picking somebody that will do that, but also somebody that meets the qualifications to serve our state for years to come. He's not searching completely in the dark. There's an application process where interested parties can submit their resumes. More than 500 people have done so, including several prominent political and business leaders. Kemp says the application is another commitment to making sure Georgians trust their government. Well, I think the good thing about it is we're having a transparent process. You know, people complain about government not being transparent. People, you know, picking somebody in, you know, deal-cutting, smoke-filled rooms. And we're not trying to do that. We're trying to let people know who's interested. We're trying to gauge who's interested. I mean, there was a couple of people just in the last couple of weeks that applied that are, you know, non-political but very accomplished business people. I think there's a, a case you could make for for sending a good business person up there and someone that hasn't been involved in politics for a long time. Of course, you can make the case that somebody that knows about the process would be a, be a good pick, too. So we're considering all those and, and um, doing a lot of due diligence. You know, we want to pick someone that can withhold the scrutiny that's going to come with probably one of the most polarized and really, you know, dig down deep elections that we've ever seen uh, just because of us having two U.S. Senate races here in the state of Georgia. He would know he won his election by just 55,000 votes. But another polarizing issue the governor wants to tackle is the relationship between Atlanta and not Atlanta. Yeah, well, I think when you think about the issues that I've been pushing, you know, even at the most polarizing part of the campaign, you know, when you have a lot of people spending money against you, no matter which candidate it is, your your negatives are going to go up. You know, you have opportunity when you get in office to govern, and the issues that I'm governing on are the same ones that I told people when I campaigned, and they're all t kitchen table issues. You know, people get sidetracked on all this other stuff, but when you talk about teacher pay raises, when you talk about you know, the Patients First Act and, and us taking the lead on health care. People are so frustrated with health care, they know that they can't continue to pay, you know, $1,200, $1,500, $2,000 a month for a family health care plan and have a $5,000 deductible. So we're doing something about that. People know that we have a gang crisis in our state, no matter where you live. If you just open your eyes, you can read about it every single day. It's contributing to the opioid epidemic is contributing to sex trafficking and other things that um, my wife Marty is also focused on. And we're doing those things. We're moving the needle. So I think, you know, that is bridging a divide between Atlanta and, and rural Georgia. And certainly, you know, economic development does as well. We've had great projects in the, the metro region that are covered by the Atlanta media that, you know, have people going, well, God, this guy really is a business guy. He's working hard on economic development. You know, he's going to keep Georgia moving in the right direction. We've been named the number one state in the country for business. That's why you'll see him in places like Lula, Monroe, Patterson, and Sylvania. The people right here at Claxton Poultry and in Scriven County in Sylvania, Georgia, they, they know that they have a governor that's, you know, while they may not see me every day in rural Georgia, they've seen me a lot, but they know that every day that I'm in our state or in Washington, D.C., or on an economic development mission in South Korea or wherever it is I'm going, that I'm fighting hard for all parts of our state. That's not to say that people in metro Atlanta will take a back seat to rural Georgia while Kemp is governor. 
And, and I, I personally think that people in Atlanta want rural Georgia to succeed. They know a lot, a lot of people grew up in rural Georgia, moved to Atlanta and end up staying there. So they, they, don't, they don't want rural Georgia to waste away. They know that's not good for our state. I mean, our port's been growing because of our great ag economy. We don't need to lose that in our state. But we can't just survive in rural Georgia on ag alone. We've got to have a diversified economy so you can weather situations that we're in like right now where the commodity market's down or we're dealing with a, you know, a trade issue. GPB Stephen Fowler there interviewing Governor Brian Kemp in Sylvania, Georgia. It's about three hours southeast of Atlanta. What do you think rural Georgia needs most? You can join the conversation on our Facebook group, GPB Radio's On Second Thought. We're on Twitter at OST Talk. Email us at onsecondthought at gpb.org or leave us a message. We're at 404-500-9457. Coming up, you may know Deneen Milner as one of the hosts of A Seat at the Table on GPB. Well, she's now host of a new podcast. We'll hear more when On Second Thought returns. I'm Virginia Prescott. <laughs> 